Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening, welcome to this week's uh, Man of the Post Extra Time. My name is Chris, and I've got with me, as ever, I've got Mark. Hello. And with me, as ever, I've got Emma. How are you both doing? Good, thank you. Yeah, good, thanks. Excellent. All right. Uh, this week, we should be talking, we've got some midweek Premier League action, because normally we would preview this stuff, don't we? Whereas we, this week, we get to review it. So we'll be talking about the Premier League, and we shall be talking about the FA Cup this weekend as well, with some of the bits and bobs as well. Um, first of all, I keep meaning to do this, but we had a review left for us a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I want to give this guy a shout out because I very much appreciate it as well. Uh, so it's Gorney seven seven eight nine left us a five star review for Man on the Post um, on iTunes. Uh, great footy podcast, and Emma, you'll like this. Great to hear Pompey fans moaning about low, how low down the table they are. <laughs> Hashtag C O Y R. Is that come on you? What's that? Reds. Who's is he? Bournemouth fan? Is he? Oh no, Saints. Fan. I would assume he's Saints. <laughs> Oh, well, there you go. So you must be very pleased with that, then. Ecstatic. <laughs> uh, and before we start as well, uh, as life below the Premier League, Emma, you were watching Portsmouth versus Dagenham this week, weren't you? I certainly was. And how did that go? Um, it was probably the most boring game of football I have ever seen. Excellent. It just summed up League Two. It was just rubbish. And people... I've, Fair enough to some Pompey fans trying to find the silver lining, saying, you know, it's another clean sheet and all that. But it was nothing to do with our defence that it was a clean sheet. It was more the dire Dagenham attacks that kept us nil-nil, I think. Which I was surprised at because they had Jamie Curitan and obviously uh, following Rovers as well. I sort of expected him to be a bit more dangerous. Were there many there? 2,300, which I think between 850 and 900 were travelling fans. Oh, that's good. What time did you get home? Just after midnight, which wasn't too bad. Oh, that's pretty good, isn't it? So you're not going to Dagenham any time again soon? Dagenham's not been too bad in the last few seasons for both Pompey and when Rovers were in the league. I always used to see a lot of goals there, but no, after a nil-nil. On a freezing cold Tuesday night, I think I will be uh, avoiding that one next season. You'll be giving it a miss. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, let's talk about somewhere a bit higher up, shall we? Um, Premier League action this week, uh, I think we'll go chronologically, is that is how I've written my notes. Um, first of all, Arsenal 2, Leicester 1. Uh, uh, Melissa Ozil is back. He's got an 85% pass completion rate and two assists. One for Kashawani, one for Walcott, and then... Kramaric pulled one back for Leicester. Ospina had to make a late save, didn't he, towards the end? Otherwise, um, Leicester were, were were pretty hot on the tails of Arsenal. Did anybody see the, the highlights from this one? No. no. I didn't see the highlights, but from what I uh, heard in a couple of phone-ins and what have you, that um, actually Leicester played pretty well, considering that Arsenal uh, 
you know, Arsenal would have been huge odds on favourites to win that game, uh, and Leicester obviously have been struggling for all all season. Um, but you know, there's no you don't get points for good performances, especially at this stage of the season when you're desperate. So you know, the, the you know, plaudits are not going to keep them in the Premier League now. No. Um. One journalist tweeted that after the match, he um, asked Nigel Pearson a question. Pearson stared back at him and accused him of trying to stare him out. He's a man <laughs> on the edge, isn't he? He is a bit of a paranoid figure at the moment, isn't he? Mm. He feels like everyone's out to get him. I've read comments, you know, how they're, he's um, oh, tired of being unlucky. But is that really to blame now? After they've been in the bottom... They've been at the bottom for months, haven't they? Since November, they've been bottom. I don't really think it's a luck thing. No, you can only have luck so much, can't you? But he's not really helping himself, is he, by what he did to MacArthur and you know all these other bits and bobs. It was. I thought it was strange how Leicester took so long to deny the sacking. You think if they were fully behind him, they would have come out straight away as soon as the news broke and put it right. But they waited sort of a day, didn't they? Someone's obviously said sack him, and then they've had a bit of a... And someone else has disagreed, and they've had a bit of a conflab and changed their mind, haven't they? Hmm. I think he'll be the next to go, though. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's... You know, it's bad enough being bottom without your boss collaring opposition players. Well, speaking of going, someone's gone. Paul Lambert. Uh, Hull beat Aston Villa 2-0. Um, Villa are absolutely dire in this and it was enough for or too much for Randy Lerner uh, he sacked Lambert after Villa fall into the bottom three and they're winless in ten uh, the fans had turned against Lambert local media had turned against Lambert um, 12 goals all season Aston Villa scored Harry Kane, Charlie Austin, Sergio Aguero and Diego Costa have all outscored the Aston Villa team <laughs> <laughs> It was it was strange because he knew what he. I feel sorry sorry for Lambert to a certain extent, but he knew what he was getting into, and I think he's alluded to that in what he said after his sacking. That he knew what he was getting into with the financial situation. That Randy Lerner said, "You've got to trim the the wages. We've got to, you know, we've got to uh, reduce our expenditure and blah blah blah." But we have to stay in the Premier League all at the same time, and for a couple of seasons at least. Um, they've done a semi-decent job of doing that with a bunch of youngsters and you know lower league players brought in and one or two experienced players. Villa are where they should be with the team they have and, and ha- have been for the last few years. So I feel sorry to for, to some extent, but there are probably worse team in the Premier League who are better to watch and have scored more goals than Aston Villa. So for that res- in that respect, you know he's kind of. I think he's tried to. He's just been too cautious in the way he's set the team out a lot of the time, and as you said, I think um, what I think a lot of the fans have been split about him for quite some time, whether to to stay behind him or or look for him to get sacked. But I think it's obviously this performance at Hull must have been so bad that Lerner couldn't any longer fly in the face of opinion there, and has to do something because he's been looking to sell the club for two or three years. He's got absolutely zero chance of recouping any money if they go down. Well, no, of course. I mean, 
you had Alex McLeish who failed terribly. You had um, Martin O'Neill who did like spending a lot of money. So I feel a little, like you say, I feel a little bit sorry for Paul Lambert because he's come into a bit of an impossible situation. Plus, I don't think he's a bad manager. Back-to-back promotions with um, Norwich and he mm. kept them up in their first season, didn't he? Yeah, I, I think he'll go somewhere else and, and be a success. But I think he just took he took the, the wrong decision to take that job. Aston Villa are a big club, as we know. But um, the situation there after O'Neill, O'Neill left for the reason that uh, the learner said, you're getting no more money, we've got no more money to spend, etc., etc. I think Lambert was made fully aware of that when he took the job. So he just, perhaps he got a bit too overconfident in his own abilities at this stage in his career um, and was on a hide into nothing. You feel sorry for him, Emma? I do, because I do agree that he's a good manager. But again, I agree that he would have 100% knew what he was walking into. Mm. So, should he have taken it? But I think I think his job has got harder, especially as the seasons have gone on. Because I think in the last couple of years, the Premier League standard has risen. And unless, you know, I understand that he doesn't, um, Lennon doesn't want to spend any more money. But if he doesn't, he will lose Premier League status because they're just not good enough. Mm. So it's a, you know, and they've they've sent their two sort of the two people. Well, they've sent Dan Bent out on loan, haven't they? Yeah. And um, Benteke sits on the bench. So where are their where are their goals going to come from? Well, he played yesterday, Benteke. And he didn't look any kind of threat whatsoever. He looked pretty pretty poor. I think he's their biggest threat at the moment, and he's their biggest. He's just not getting any game game time so he's their biggest saleable asset as well isn't he yeah uh, we'll move on from that to some good managerial news Chris Ramsey has earned himself a position for the end of the season because QPR won away from home and kept a clean sheet I had a feeling was the last time that happened uh, 1870 I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I've got no idea um Matt Phillips, I think, set up both goals. It's the first time since 1996 that a QPR player has had two assists in a match in the Premier League. For most of that time, we went there and we we're down in League One of the Championship, I suppose. But, um, but I'm pretty pleased with this clean sheet. Um, two goals scored. Zamora's was a lovely little goal. Um, Rob Green again is proving how valuable he is to us this week. Uh, as many plaudits as Charlie Austin has had, Rob Green has been brilliant for us. 37 combined, 37 shots for both teams combined in the whole match for two goals. That probably shows you where both teams are going wrong. Uh, that and also the fact Sunderland got the second worst home defence in the league. Yeah, and we've, we've said it a million times when we do our predictions, you never know what Sunderland are going to turn up. Yeah. Um, but um, Q, do you really think this is the, the turning of the tide for QPR or is it just that you know they got it right once? Well, it's a little bit odd because I had the home rec- the good home record and the poor away record because a lot of the time they played a lot of the poorer teams at home and the better teams away, and now they've got it vice versa. You might sort of see an equaling out of that form. I mean, going back to Sunderland and how topsy-turvy we find them to predict, this is a bit of an odd stat. It's their first loss in five, but they've only won one in eight. I mean, any kind of Sunderland fan has got to make sense of that and make sense of that. It's just bonkers, their season. I mean, they're not going to go down at all. But at the same time, you haven't got an awful lot of cause for hope, have you? I think they're just a frustrating team because their potential match winners 
um, are just not consistent enough. And when you're in an average Premier League team, if you've got a, a semi-decent player who turns up one in every two, you know, you're do, going to do quite well. But Sunderland's match winners are the likes of Larson with his free kicks and what have you, and, and Adam Johnson when he turns it on. But that's that's not that regular. So when you look around the rest of that Sunderland team, and not just Sunderland, there are plenty of teams like them, there's an awful lot of average footballers who were... Who, who was set out in a formation not to lose mm. and hope to hope to get something on the break or from a from a set piece and that's exactly how Sunderland looked to me. Yeah, they do, don't they? They, I mean, you're not Seb Larson can only knock him in as a free kick so many times, can't he? Yeah, I mean, on pa- on paper, QPR probably aren't the worst, or even maybe even one of the worst three squads in the Premier League on paper. Mm. So, but as we know, games aren't played on paper. They're not played on paper. You're right. And maybe the problem was Harry Redknapp all along. Well, who'd have thought that, Emma? I know, it's a shocker, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Liverpool 3, Spurs 2. Um, Spurs came from behind twice before. Mario Balotelli finally gets his Premier League goal and he looks so happy about it as well. Mm, didn't, didn't see it. Didn't you? Uh, well, he does his typical Mario thing where he sort of doesn't really celebrate or smile or anything like that. Mm. His reason being that the postman never smiles and he delivers a letter. He probably went home and had a fireworks display in his bathroom, so <laughs> that's that's how he rolls. And it's the last ever time that Spurs fans will see Stephen Gerrard play at Anfield. I'm sure Aww. they're all in mourning now. Yeah, well... This pre- He's out for a while now, isn't he? He's out for three, four weeks with a hamstring. Somebody tweeted... I mean, it's a bit of a procession, this Stephen Gerrard leaving thing, and... Somebody tweeted the other day that this is the last time Steven Gerrard will play on a February, on a Tuesday night in February at quarter past eight. He's on. He's on a longer farewell tour than the Rolling Stones. He's in the, He is. Harry Kane scored his twenty-third goal of the season. Um, he's looking pretty good, and his possible future England partner, Danny Sturridge, he looked quite positive. A little bit rusty. Maybe he'd take a few games to get back, but he looked quite positive in the runs he was making and what he was trying to do. Mm. Uh, Liverpool now only spoil the point behind Spurs. So it's interesting because, from my as long as I can remember, regardless of how good Spurs have been, or if they've been better than Liverpool or not, their record at Anfield is appalling, isn't it? Yeah, I can't remember the. Win- and I, I fancied them the other. I fancied them to win the other night, and they still can't get one over on them, especially at Anfield. Mm. I thought they were going to do something the other day. Uh, Tottenham is sixth on forty-three points. Liverpool in seventh on forty-two. Um, West Brom to Swansea nil. Uh, a D, I think he is pronounced. And Saida Berhino. Berhino scored and grabbed his club badge uh, as he ran towards the fans. Lovely finish, though, from the edge of the area. He killed that one in. Mm. Um, West Brom moved four points clear of the drop, and they've lost just once since uh, Tony Pulis was appointed. He said that was his best performance since they'd arrived. Um, West Brom now up to 14th. Yeah, they'll be safe. I think they will be as well. Um, Gary Monk wasn't very happy. He said that wasn't acceptable. Uh, Gomez has scored no goals in six, so they're obviously missing Boney. Mm. Do you think they've got to mid-table and, and Sol Boney and the rest of the squad have kind of thrown in the towel a bit? I thought so. Yeah, they got, they're in that little group in the middle, aren't they? Newcastle uh, up in 11th, up to West Ham in 8th. Um, they're all sort of between 32 and 38 points. I think they're quite happy there, aren't they? Yeah, uh, kind of. You, you get that feeling. Yeah. Um, Palace won, Newcastle won, the Alan Pardew derby. 
Newcastle took the lead. Cissé scored his 10th goal of the season. Apparently he's trying to prove a point to uh, Alan Pardew. Do we like Pardew? Are we Pardew fans on here? Absolutely not. No? <laughs> no, he's a, col- he's a colossal helmet. Well, I think that's why people like him, though. Who? Who likes him? Or Ross likes him, for a start. Ross? Yeah. Oh, no. Has he been sniffing paint thinners? I think he must be. This is parenthood. This is, this is lack of sleep, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Do you like him? Not overly. No? He's just a bit... He's just just a bit, isn't he? He's just not <laughs> one of those people. He likes himself, I bet. He does. And by all accounts, he likes his players' wives. What? Have you not heard? I don't know. No, That's what... they say, just say allegedly a lot and we'll be fine. Allegedly. Yeah, go on. <laughs> What's this then? Um, well, I don't, oh, it is Pardew. So that's apparently why he's um, had quite a few fallings out with players at previous clubs. Because he's been uh, really? chatting up their wives. Oh, right. What, successfully or unsuccessfully chatting them up? Probably unsuccessfully. Do you think? I think he's... Mm, I would have thought so. I reckon... bit... Go on. He's just, he's just a bit full of himself, isn't he? He is. Did... He likes the Adam Pardew show. Did you see that Burnley were voted the sexiest team in the Premier League this week? <laughs> No, I didn't see that. No? With their shiny foil shirts. <laughs> Is that right? Giroud was voted the sexiest player. My wife. Yeah, Your wife was voted sexiest player. No, my wife fancies uh, Giroud. Does she? She does, yeah. And she also used to like um, uh, the Manchester City guy with the beard. Ian Bishop. The Spanish one. Ian Bishop. No, no, no. The striker. He's on loan somewhere now. I oh, think his name. Negredo. Negredo. Yeah, which makes me a bit a bit dubious because I look nothing like either of those two. So, no, maybe she'd <laughs> said Attila Lombardo. You'd have felt happier. Maybe she's yeah. Maybe she's got a maybe she's got a type, and you know she's just settled. Who knows? Well, Paul sometimes of this parish, but normally the rank cast. He says that his man crush is Negredo. Now that that is cheating of a. Epic proportion. Yeah. Negredo, Emma? Did you do it? Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Colaccini was struck by coin, thrown by the Palace fans, which reminded me of an anecdote that a Manchester United fan rang up 606. They, um, years and years ago, they played Palace, and um, the United fans are pelted with coins, and he rang up 606 to say he made seven quid. <laughs> he was very grateful to them. Um, Stoke won Man City 4. Now, I watched this one on Match of the Day, and Stoke really could have been ahead at this. I think this scoreline flattered Man City somewhat. Um, Crouch had a goal ruled offside for... Oh, disallowed for offside, and they also thought they had a handball against James Milner at some point for a penalty. Mm, I've seen some of the highlights, and you know City took their goals well towards the end, but yeah... So exactly as you said, you know, Stoke gave him a good, gave him a good fight. Naughty handball by Aguero. Mm. Do you think? Mm. Uh, Peter Crouch has now scored forty-five headed goals, puts him level with Dion Dublin and one behind Alan Shearer. Yeah, I forget which which game was it they played the other day, and it was 
It was against Newcastle when Stoke played up at Newcastle. That uh, it was kind of the archetypal Peter Crouch goal, wasn't it? Mm. Sort of a floated back, back stick cross, and he heads it back where it came from, kind of thing. You know, he's made a good old living and married Abby Clancy off the back of that. Well, he has, and had sex with her at least twice because they've got two children. Unless Alan, as Pardew managed that, him. That's, that's enough to get put on your tombstone, isn't it, when you die? I had sex with Abby Clancy twice. Yeah. It would be, wouldn't it? i tell you what, that would probably be enough to put me in the grave in the first place. <laughs> you just wouldn't want it to end. You'd have a coronary or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, City's first win since New Year's Day. Which probably explains why they're seven points behind Chelsea. Mm, they've, drawn a, they've drawn a few um, lately, haven't they? Yeah. They drew at Everton and they did the scraper draw at home to Bur- not Burnley. Was it Burnley? It was Hull, wasn't it? James Hull, that's kicks. right, yeah. Hull, just the weekend gone, yeah. yeah. Uh, they've not looked that impressive, especially while um, Aguero's been out and, um, and just, obviously he's just coming back now and Torrey's been away, although Torrey hasn't had the best seasons. Southampton near West Ham now. Anybody see the red card in this one? Andrian sent off for handling outside the area. He gets the ball and he's being closed down. He gets the ball in his box. All he has to do is hoof it clear as normal. But he tries to be a bit clever and take it round the Saints attacker that's closing him down and fails miserably and falls on top of the ball outside his area. Big Sam not happy. He said it should have been a foul to the goalkeeper. This is also the same week that Big Sam declared himself the most sophisticated manager in the league. Well, he's just on the wind-up, isn't he, this, after the whole long-ball Manchester United thing? He is. He's having a bit of a trolling week, isn't he? He is, and he's doing a good job, fair play to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is this... And he's, you know, he's, kind of, he's kind of drawing Van Gaal out to, look, to make Van Gaal look, make himself look, look a bit stupid. He went a bit raffer, didn't he, with all that dossier stuff? He went, to- he went totally tonto, yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. Is he sophisticated, Emma? Can you imagine him turning up and taking you out to an art gallery or something? Big Sam, no. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. It doesn't seem the sort. Uh, we're going to United and their um, dossier manager. Uh, they won 3-1. Chris Morning came off the bench and scored two. Um, Burnley, really, really, really unlucky for this one, I think. They had several chances. I mean, they equalised. Danny Ings equalised. But they must have had about three or four chances before Smalling got their second one. Mm. Again, this is a... a Taylor topsy turvy statistics. You've got Burnley one league win in nine, and Ings has scored five in six. Hmm. Um, United now third. Everyone's been slated them this season. Suddenly, they've quietly sneaked up to third. They're ahead of Southampton, only five points behind City. Yeah, and bizarrely, they've everybody expected their um, their defence to be the thing that let them down this season, and their attack to be scoring goals left, right, and centre. And it's the opposite, isn't it? They've got the third best defence, but and they're scoring enough goals. They're just they're just not the Man United that everybody expected to see with the team they've got. No, most home goals scored in the league. They saw twenty nine goals at Old Trafford this season. Yeah, and when I've seen them, there's not. Um, and again, Man United fans will probably think I'll be slagging them off here for no reason, but just from when I've ever seen them. There doesn't appear to be that much difference in the quality of the football from last last season to this. Mm. It's just the results are slightly better, and only slightly. You know, there's not I don't, again. I don't think there's probably much points wise in at this stage of the season between now and last year either. Well, I mean that West Ham game the other day. If um, last season with um, with Moyes, if they were losing that, and then he stuck on Fellaini and played it long, he would have got pulled to bits, wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I think Van Van Gaal came in with a lot more um, credentials and has probably got a lot more uh, leeway from the fans than Moyes ever had or ever would have got, even if he was still in the job now. But I mean, um, you know, they're in third. That's that's probably as good as they could hope for this season. Yeah. You see this, Emma? No, I didn't. No, you've not seen the shiny Burnley kits. Oh, I see. I'm looking at a picture now. Mm-hmm. They are very shiny. They are, aren't they? Do you like them? It's a bit like they're sort of wrapped up in the mum's tin foil. Yeah, foil was what was used a lot on Twitter last night to describe it. <laughs> uh, last game of um, the week, then. This is uh, one for you, Mike. This is Chelsea 1, Everton 0. Uh, William scored a last-minute goal. Um, I don't know what we take from this. The most important thing from here is the result, or Barry's red card, or uh, what do you want to talk about most on this? Well, I mean, when, whenever you get beat away to Chelsea, and you you obviously must have, I didn't see all of the game because I was travelling, so I didn't see, I saw first half, and, and I just saw the second half highlights when I got home. Um, it, it It's galling. I don't know how well they played. They obviously defended pretty well, but then to lose to a sort of a double deflection goal in the last minute, is a is a sickener that you don't you know you battle hard and don't quite get the point away to the team that's probably going to end up the champions. Uh, but obviously the main the main talking point came close to the end, didn't it? Yeah, I mean I saw about the first hour of this match and um, Petr Cech or Peter Cech pulled off a rather fantastic save. People are saying the ball hit him a, a header from Lukaku about three four yards out. He did move his knee a little bit towards it. Um, Everton, the way Everton seemed to be playing, they seemed to be playing on the break and they'd get the ball uh, about 25 yards from goal and then sort of wonder what to do with it next. And then they'd start passing it sideways and by which time uh, Chelsea were back defending in numbers. Yeah, that's that's been Everton's problem all season. They get to a certain point, run out of ideas and then go backwards and it usually ends up with the goalkeeper. And then what happens is they then try to play slow, slow, slow out from the back. Um, and... Any any team worth their salt in the Premier League doesn't have to put a whole lot of pressure on, on Everton to get the ball back because Everton put pressure on themselves by playing so deep with the ball. And that's the problem. Everton end up playing most of the game in their own half this season. So, uh, you know, you can't play against someone like Chelsea and not expect to concede at some point. Um, but, um, you know, uh, at least we can get thrashed. I think that's probably the only solace I can take from the game. Yeah, I mean, I thought Stephen Naismith was lucky not to give away a penalty in the first half as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He threw his threw his shoulder and his bicep towards the ball. That's a funny old one, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think I know what he was trying to do, but he obviously misjudged it, and it ended up looking like he was, you know, body popping with his shoulder to put the ball into the stand. Breakdance in eighties style. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about Ivanovic and um, and that sort of what happened there with Gareth Barry's red? Um, well, listen. I mean, it was an obvious second yellow card. I mean, Gareth Barry is just seems to be playing all season, trying to get himself sent off and collect as many yellow cards as possible. Um, so that was that was fair enough. You know, there's no no complaints whatsoever. The, the most galling thing was the typical Chelsea response of surrounding the referee, who obviously hadn't missed it and was going to give a yellow card, but they were absolutely, you know, haranguing him and getting involved with whoever, whoever was in their way at the time. And actually, you know what, what annoyed me more was not, uh, the Ivanovic McCarthy thing, um, you know, because again, that, okay, it's he's got his arm around his neck, and and you know he could be up in trouble for that. You can't you can't do that. You shouldn't be able to do that and get away with it. Um, 
but was the fact that as Piliqueta, not for the first time that I saw, he went a million. He ran a million miles an hour from one side of the pitch to the other to get right in the referee's ear roll. And to me, that was what pissed me off more than whatever Ivanovic did. Hmm. I can hear him vexed now, Emma, can't you? <laughs> but for every Aspilicueta doing that, there's a Stephen Naismith doing that as well. Just to give it the balance. No, yes, no, you, no, you're absolutely right. Stephen Naismith has developed this annoying habit that, I, that I'm sure I'm not the only Evertonian who's getting pissed off with this now as well, is he doesn't do what Aspilicueta did or what Ivanovic did. He just nips away and nips away. And I remember when we first signed him, I've got a friend from Glasgow who described him in a in Scottish vernacular as a wee niaf, which means like a little chippy, chips away in your ear all, doesn't shout, doesn't get mouthy, but just keeps niggling and niggling. And he started to do that more and more, so I wish he would stop. But um, what what the, all of the Chelsea players seem to do, but particularly um, Ivanovic and Azpilicueta, that was... Um, you know, I don't like. I don't think anybody likes to see that, except Chelsea fans who generally don't have any class, and you know, they they don't really uh, understand sportsmanship and football and what have you. But there you go. That's just my opinion. Attaboy. boy. Yeah. <laughs> plastic plastic, plastic flag, flags for a plastic club. Exactly. You should come on more often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Well, that's the, that's the Premier League done. Uh, other bits and bobs of news. The Premier League TV deal has been done up to 2019. Split between BT Sport and Sky. Each game, bear this in mind next time you watch Stoke Nil, Crystal Palace Nil or something, each game is worth £10 million. Uh, it's a 70% increase on the current deal. If you get relegated and you finish rock bottom, you get £99 million. Mm. It's uh, it's just becoming more and more ludicrous, you know. Football, football. There's a lot of people and a lot of action groups and people lobbying for football to go back to to its former self and grassroots and all these sorts of things that we all miss from days gone by. Whenever these so-called halcyon days belonged, depending on how many how how old you are, but football as we knew it and loved it and fell in love with it has gone forever. And yeah, I think a lot of people. Actually, as the money goes up, I think a lot of people are going to be switching off. Well, let's get... Hang on. Uh, you say that. I mean, me and you are slightly older, aren't we? So we can remember sort of football in the 80s and yeah. all that sort of thing. Ever is slightly younger. So you're a, you, you are, you're a, a, you've are you grown up in the Premiership era, haven't you, Emma? Yeah. So do you long for these days gone by of muddy goalposts and pigskins? Or do you quite like how it is now? Or I bear in mind, um, you are a League 2... You are a fan of a League Two team, albeit one that has been in the Premier League for some time as well. I think that um, I think like the infrastructure of the Premier League is amazing to watch, but after seeing what happens when the Premier League goes horribly wrong for you, I don't, I don't think it's still worth it. But as, mu- was, as much as that was as much as. Too- much as- Sorry. No, that was, I was going to say that was as much to do with how you spent your money as well, wasn't it? Rather than yeah, money. but it, it was people that weren't um, perhaps qualified enough, given ridiculous amounts of money, and they just didn't know what to do with it and just ended up spending it in completely the wrong ways. Hmm. Which is which is exactly what's going to happen. In these new deals. There's only yeah, there's only one definitely. way this money's go, money's going into the into the players' pockets and into agents' pockets. And as I you know, I tweeted out the other day that. And I just picked a random average player, but someone like Glenn Whelan or Tony Hibbert uh, or Paul McShane is going to be earning a hundred thousand pounds a week soon. Yet we've got food banks, 
We've got that's not their fault. Living, no, but we've got people living below the you know the the poverty line. You know how can football be this morally corrupt because we're letting it be that way. I think, and we, we complain. We complain about the games being taken away from us, but we're letting the game being taken away taken away from us because they're charging sixty pound a ticket to get through the door and whatever the sky sky subscriptions are and so on. And we're we're letting and, and then we're being you know stewarded beyond belief uh, and treating football fans are being treated more and more like criminals back in the day when they actually were criminals um, and being you know, stuck in seats with atmospheres that. Uh, you know, more akin to church on a Sunday morning, um, and you're not allowed to sit where you want, and you're being charged five pound for a pie. You know, for something that costs less than two pence to make. Do you know what I mean? I do kind of. But I mean, the food banks and things like that—that's not really footballers' fault. And if people feel so strongly about paying five pound for a pie, don't buy a pie. If you feel so strongly about your, the cost of your subscription, don't don't buy it. Don't buy Sky. There's nothing yeah, forcing but, us to do that. If you look at uh, what happens abroad and, and fans when they protest abroad, fans will boycott stadiums. You don't do that here. I was going to say, you don't get that mob mentality here. You don't get... It doesn't ever feel like you can act as one. There's always someone that's going to... You know, for every person that refuses to buy a Sky package out of principle, there'll be two more signing up to it. Yeah, there will be. I mean, you see this with ticket prices as well, don't you? Um, fans abroad, they all protest together about the cost of ticket prices within the league. Fans here, when they go to the Emirates and they put a banner up saying £60 for a ticket, you must be having a laugh. They get pilloried by their peers on Twitter. I um, I saw a Southampton fan, actually, it was retweeted onto my timeline. He paid £36 for a ticket in the away end at QPR and had this big, massive sort of piece of um, like a walkway right in front of him and he literally could see about up to about sort of the height of a corner flag and you can imagine sort of what goes back from that and that was literally about it and he paid £36 for the privilege yeah I saw that as well I felt quite sorry for him because it's not as if he would have known before he'd gone no and I think as much as as much as at the start of the show and what that lovely reviewer said as much as I moan about being in League 2 and I think the football is you know, it is rubbish and things. I wouldn't now. I probably wouldn't swap it because I can afford to go to games. Last season, I could afford to go to nearly every game. Um, we, you know, we're going to sounds stupid. You know, you're going to different places. You're doing different things, and it does feel much more together now. There feels, and obviously, it's probably affected by what everything Portsmouth have been through. But it does feel like there's more of a, you know, a, a spirit amongst the fans. And you go and you know exactly who's there. And and it, I prefer it. Mm. And I think, and you know, people, um, people, you know, you sort of think, oh, I know there's a lot of people around Fratton Park that want to go back up the leagues. But as much as I'd love to see success, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go back to the Premier League at all. No, I can quite understand that, especially with what you've been through as a club. You you might have a completely different opinion than, say, a, an Oxford United fan or, or somebody else, mightn't you? Exactly. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What what this extra TV money is going to do is it's just going to invite even more unscrupulous characters to come along and sail through the FA's fit and proper person test. So the, the Portsmouths and the Birminghams and the Leeds and other clubs of that type um, that will be repeated and repeated, um, unfortunately, and not just to the little guys like Hereford and 
Salisbury and Lincoln, who could be next to go, but further and further up the league. So um, while it might, while they're all probably still on the champagne and oysters and caviar right now, celebrating their own success, um, to me it just it's ringing huge alarm bells off. It's a it's a bubble that cannot keep growing. But people have been saying that for a long time too. Yeah, they said the same thing about the housing market. It was a bubble that was being inflated, inflated with imaginary money, and uh, it's very potentially something that could happen here as well. Mm. Um, in Egypt, the league has been suspended after 22 fans have been killed in a match between uh, Zamalek and their Cairo rivals, ENPPI. Um, this is something that's happened before, wasn't it? 74 fans died a couple of years ago, didn't they, in uh, Port Said? Um, a lot of people were crushed to death after uh, the police fired tear gas at Zamalek supporters as they tried to enter the stadium. Um, they think this might be some kind of political retribution as the fans played an active role in overthrowing President Hosni Mubarak. Um, did either of you see this? This is appalling if you see it on the news. I've read the story. I didn't see any. Yeah, yeah I read, read the highlights, uh, the headlines, sorry, but I didn't um, catch any of any of the, the full thing. Uh, right, well, when it comes to the part of our show now, uh, we talk about predictions. Normally, we predict Premier League football matches, but this weekend, we've got the FA Cup coming up, so we get a point for every credit prediction we get right, be it a win, a loss, or a draw for a particular team. And we have our sort of little joker in the pack, our double points, so we have to predict the correct score. Now, Mark and Emma both got five points last week, and are both level pegging on 89 points. Uh, I am bringing up the rear, I only got four right, and I'm stuck on 83 correct predictions for the season so far. So, first of all, uh, Ross County versus Motherwell. Now this is bottom versus second bottom in the SPL. This is so we've got to correct a pr- correct score for this one. Well, I, I don't think I've seen Ross County this season. I've seen a couple, seen Motherwell a few times, uh, and they are bad. So well, Ross County bottom on twelve points. Motherwell are next up on eighteen. Yeah, I'm going to go for Ross County one, Motherwell two. Ross County one, Motherwell two. What are you going for, Emma? I am going to go for Motherwell 1, Ross County now. I'm going to go for the same as well. I think I think they're both pretty bad. Okay, right. So, uh, for these next ones, we just have to predict the correct result, not so much the correct score. So, the Battle of the Wests, West Brom versus West Ham in the Cup. This is the 12.45 kickoff on Saturday. I reckon I'm going to go for West Brom on this. Yeah, I'm going to agree that one. I'm going to go for West Ham because I think that Pulis will probably not be that fussed if they lose to concentrate on the league. But I think Allardyce can probably see Europe disappearing over the horizon right now and probably thinks this is his best chance of anything this season. Um, so I think they'll go all out and I think they'll probably win. You think he cares about Europe? Well, I think he'd love to win an FA Cup, especially if Man United don't win anything. Mm. You know, again, going back to what we talked about and you know, Allardyce has long been looking for some kind of validation to his career, which, you know, he's done very well at what he, at what he does and, and where he's been on the whole. Um, and I think Pulis, I would imagine Pulis might rest certain players with uh, league survival in mind. Got it. You're going to go West Ham? Yep. Okie dokie. All right, next one is uh, three, first the three o'clock kickoff. Well, there's only two three o'clock kickoffs. Uh, first one is Blackburn versus uh, Stoke. Now, Blackburn, at the moment, are ninth on 42 points in the Championship. Stoke sort of bumbling around in the middle. No Bojan, of course. He's injured. I still think it'll be a Stoke win. Do you? Even after what they did to Swansea in the last round? Yeah. 
I agree with Emma. I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a tough game, but I think Stoke will probably just have a bit too much class. And again, for the same reason, they've got <coughs> excuse me, um, mid table. They've got they've got no reason not to go all out to try and win this. No, I'm going to go for a draw. I think, and Stoke will do in the replay, but more than likely. Uh, an all-championship tie. Next, Derby, Reading. Derby in third. The championship looks really good this year, doesn't it? Middlesbrough um, top on 59. They've got Bournemouth second on 58. And then Derby on 58 as well. Uh, Reading are bumbling around in 14th at the moment on 37 points. So I'm going to go for a... Well, I don't know, actually. I think Steve McLaren might rest a few players, might he? Yeah, that was going to be my thought. I think I, for, for sort of an opposite reason to Tony Pulis at West Brom... McLaren might not take this as seriously. I'm not exactly sure how Red. What did you say Reading were doing? Uh, they're 14th. Yeah, so probably not heading up or down. Um, so I might go for Reading, actually. Oh, yeah. All right, okay. I was thinking the same thing. Emma? I'm I still going to go for Derby. Yeah? I've got a few friends that are Reading fans that are quite miserable this season, so they must be doing <laughs> playing quite badly. Fair enough. Okay, you're going to go for Derby. I'm going to go for Derby. Crystal Palace, Liverpool. I'm going to go for Palace on this one. 4-3. Was it four, Was it 5-4 or 4-3? Four, 4-3. Three. Four, three. Was it? Yeah. You think he's going to run on the score in the last minute? <laughs> <laughs> Who with? One of, one of the players' wives? <laughs> That'd be there on the centre circle. The camera will just cut mm-hmm. back. Allegedly. Yeah. 1990 FA Cup semi-final, Emma. This is... Um, Palace played Liverpool and Alan Pardew got the winner. <laughs> one of the great FA Cup semi-finals. Well, for whom? Well, well, as a, as a neutral, it was. Yeah. I'm going to go for a draw in this one. That's a toughie. Um, I just got a feeling Palace. I don't know. I don't know why because I I think Liverpool are playing pretty well at the minute. But I don't know. I just I just got a feeling for Crystal Palace. Okay. Uh Aston Villa versus Leicester. What are, you, what are you picking for that game? I've already said Palace. Did you? Oh, yeah, right. no, sorry, Palace I've gone for. Sunday, uh, Aston Villa versus Leicester, the Brian Little derby. Um, speaking of players' wives, that's another story. Um, oh. Can I say lots of allegedly's again? Yeah. Do you remember when he left Aston Villa, uh, Leicester to go to Aston Villa, and it was really acrimonious? Was it? Yeah, because they played each other the following week as well, and somebody leaked a letter to the local press about the fact that he wanted to leave, even though he'd said publicly he hadn't. No, no, I don't remember that. Well, again, that was allegedly due to players' wives and his wife as well. Um, and a Leicester City centre-back with the rhyming slang of um, Speeve Spolsch, if you can... <laughs> allegedly, Not- allegedly. Not not Elliot then, though. That's before Elliot. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, Speed Spolsch. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. There you go, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Say no more. <laughs> um, Andy Marshall is in charge, I think, isn't he, of Villa, uh, for coming into this one? He was a goalkeeper, isn't he? Uh, there's been quite a few, I can think of probably two or three Marshalls that have been goalkeepers. I can, yeah. I think this was the Norwich one, wasn't he? Was he? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go for Leicester, I think. I've got a feeling he was quite popular still, Paul Lambert. And maybe, I don't think he'd lost the dressing room, really. Mm, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to go for here because I don't really fancy either side. I don't think either of them are playing well. Both of them have got 
a reason not to give a hoot about the FA Cup game. So they're probably both trying not to win, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Villa. I don't know why. Villa. Just they're at home. Okay. Mind you, that hasn't really worked out well for them either. Uh, Emma? Yeah, I think it's going to be Villa as well. Okay. Um, Bradford, Sunderland. Bradford, the lowest ranked team left in it. Anyone make a case for them? Yep. Yeah, they've done well in the Cups over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Obviously, did Chelsea in the last round. They feel a bit hard done to that they didn't get pulled as one of the um, the TV games. So, and we've already discussed how iffy Sunderland are for the majority of the time, and they're still in the relegation battle. Mm. Um, so, I, I don't think the Brad, Bradford winning would be as big a shock as it should be. But so, I'm going to go for Bradford. I'm going to go for a draw. What are you going to go for, Emma? Yeah, I'm going to go for a draw as well. I saw the Bradford game on Monday night, and their pitch looked horrendous. So I think Sunderland have a bit of a shock when they go down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Arsenal Middlesbrough, the Jeremy Aliadier derby. I'm going to go for Arsenal. Yeah, I'm going to go for Arsenal as well. There's always one, and it's going to be me. So I'm going to go for Middlesbrough. Ooh. I don't. They're just on a roll, a really good roll, Middlesbrough, and I don't know. Arsenal are not bomb-proof. No. No, they're not. not. Even at, even at home, you know you're going to get a chance off Arsenal when you play them. Mm. So I'll just go for Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, right? Okay. And last one. This is Monday night. Preston Manchester United. This is the David Beckham derby. This is Bobby Charlton as well. Bobby Charlton, yeah. Managed Preston, yeah. And there was a load of United players on loan at Preston until Preston sat down Ferguson. Then Alex called them all back again. Hmm. And then a moment, the Darren Ferguson derby. The Darren Ferguson derby, yeah, it could be, couldn't it? Right, I'm going to go for, I don't know, because you kind of think United, but then you think, what happened to Cambridge? I saw Preston play against, to get through to this match, actually, against Sheffield United, and they just sort of, they were just tougher and stronger than Sheffield United, and it was a bit like, it almost seemed like a cartoon in the end, like the Sheffield United guy would go running up to a Preston bloke and just sort of bounce off him in the opposite direction. But so I'm gonna put you down they, weren't, they weren't good. They weren't a good side, and I don't think they'll be able to beat United. I think it'll be a United win. Yeah. Okie dokie, Mark. Um, I noticed I haven't picked a draw in any of the games yet. No. And perhaps... It is Preston's Cup final, really. So maybe this will be the game that ends up being a draw again because Man United haven't. I'm just going off. Man United haven't looked convinced in any times I've seen them. Yeah. So I think I might might go for a shock draw in this one. I'm going to go for an unconvincing Manchester United win. I think. Okay. Right. We'll see how they get on over the weekend. Um, that's our predictions done. And Ross and the boys will be back on Sunday to review how um, how these have gotten on. Um, I could do the points, hopefully. I'm going to get a few of these right. Uh, that brings us to the end of our podcast as well. Anything anybody wants to talk about at all? Any other business? No. No. Mark, you were on When Saturday Comes, weren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got an article in When Saturday Comes this month, yeah. Okay, so can you download that or buy it or what do you do? I thought that you can buy it in virtually all good news agents, can't you? And probably some bad ones as well. Great Smith, you can buy it from their website. You know, when Saturday comes as a is this kind of the daddy of all football fanzines, isn't it? It's been around for 
nine or thirty years, so it's always an honour to have something published by them. Certainly is, and also the name of a great football film with Sean Bean. Um, well, it's a film with Sean Bean. I would never call it a great film <laughs> with Sean. Not that there are many great films with Sean Bean in, but especially that one, Patriot Games. Patriot, uh, okay, okay, I'll, I'll give you that one. And, but um, and okay, no, the no great films with Sean Bean as the star. Sharp. I know they weren't films; they were TV series. Never seen it. Oh, you should do. I've got all the DVDs and books. Right. When you come down to Cornwall, I'll show you them. We'll have a sharp. We'll have a sharp evening. Um, okay, I'll, I'm, I'm booking my ticket now as we speak. <laughs> okay, uh, so we can check that out. Uh, you can uh, go to WH Swiss and get your copy when Saturday comes and um, be able to read that. Uh, if they want to follow you guys on Twitter, how do they follow you, Mark? Uh, I am at the Football Pink. And Emma, if I want to follow you? At MWebs. Okay, you want to follow Man on the Post? I'd be ever so kind of you. That's um, at Man on the Post. And if you want to leave us a five star review on iTunes, um, that will also be very kind of you as well. We'll also give you a shout out and uh, and a thank you publicly on air as well. Um, like I say, Ross and the guys will be back after the weekend. You can download and listen to their show. Uh, Manonthepost.com has got articles going up thick and fast as well. The uh, latest one from Pete Swallow is up there talking about the FA Cup. So you can always check that one out. Uh, thank you ever so much for listening. And always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs> <laughs>